0: Yo, what's good, Case family? This your boy, Christian McDonald, and you're listening to Case Underground, Episode 1.
1: And I'm Braden Wade. We're excited that you guys are tuning in for our inaugural episode. First, we want to remind you to subscribe to our flagship podcast, On The Case. We are on iTunes, Spotify, and where you get your podcasts.
0: Also, please, please rate us and write a review if you can. We would truly appreciate it. Before we get started with the podcast, we would like to formally introduce ourselves. Most of
1: y'all know me as the photographer, Brayden Wade. I'm a sophomore from St. Louis, Missouri, studying photojournalism here at Mizzou. I joined the Case Marketing team to become more versatile within the journalist world and enhance my skills with my voice and camera, as well as helping others gain new connections and outlets to grow as people, a community, and creatives.
0: I am Christian the McDonald. I am from Kansas City, Missouri, and I am a junior here at Mizzou studying broadcast journalism with the emphasis in sports. I wanted to join Case Marketing team to have hands-on experience of learning from an Emmy Award winning journalist and Fallon Smith. I also wanted to connect with other students that are passionate about expanding their media or journalism platform. I have been a part of the Case Marketing team since August of this year, and I'm looking forward to growing this podcast and publishing stories on our writing team.
1: For our underground segment, we're kicking off our series with Nathan Fork, a minority student studying biomedical engineering here at Mizzou who was born in Oklahoma and was adopted by white parents in Columbia, Missouri. He went to predominantly white schools, and now he's here to tell his story. So let's get into it. Now we want to welcome in Nathan Fork. Thank you for helping Jumpstart Case Underground.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, man.
1: Is it fine if we call you Nate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what is your major and your year here at Mizzou?
2: Yeah, so I'm a sophomore here at Mizzou, and I'm currently studying biomedical engineering.
0: Yo, was good, Nate? Uh, why did you decide to come here?
2: I, I grew up in Columbia, and I've always loved it here. Um, and I had done tours of like, Laffrey and stuff in, like the engineering department here, and I knew that's what I wanted to go to school for, so it was just the right choice for me.
0: Now, how was it growing up in Columbia and then coming to like the hometown school?
2: yeah so it's actually a lot different growing up in columbia than actually going to school at mizzou that's something that was kind of a nice surprise
0: yeah what what was the difference like
2: yeah so i feel like once you're a part of like the the culture here on campus it's a completely different world than just being like a resident in normal columbia like i'll be going to different places than like I would in high school, and I'm like actually inside the university instead of like looking from the outside in.
1: And then, have you ever thought about like leaving Columbia?
2: Oh, I've definitely thought about it. Um, it would probably come uh, when I, when I graduate. Um, depends on whether I want to go to graduate school, and if I do, whether I want to do it here at Mizzou or somewhere else.
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> taking it back to like you growing up in Columbia and that type of environment, uh, we just kind of describe your upbringing. Um, how I was growing up in Columbia, um, navigating through schools and all, all, the, all throughout that.
2: Yeah, so um, I went to private Catholic school, middle school and high school, and I was involved in uh, a lot of sports. That was a big focal point of my life growing up. I don't do as many sports now, but I, I definitely feel like it's had an impact on how I live my life now. Even though I'm not doing as many sports, I feel like the the work ethic definitely translates
1: So with going to private schools, were they predominantly white or were you like the only black person there, a person of color?
2: Yeah, so they're definitely uh, predominantly white. In my middle school, there's probably only probably count on one hand amount of people, people of color that were like in my grade at the time. High school was a little bit better. Uh, I feel like once you get to high school, you kind of start mingling with kids from other schools. So it's not like I was restricted in that space, but definitely was a, a predominantly white space.
1: So then, going into a little bit of your history, where were you born, necessarily, or, like, how did you come to Columbia?
2: Yeah, uh, so I was born in Oklahoma, and then uh, once adoption was official, I moved to Jeff City, where my parents were living at the time. And then, by the time I was in kindergarten, we had moved to Columbia.
1: So, who were your parents that adopted you, or, like, what was their ethnicity?
2: Yeah, uh, so both my parents are white. My, my dad's family is from uh, Jeff City, and my mom's uh, family is from St. Louis. So, growing up with white parents, how was that like for you? Um, I, I definitely enjoyed my upbringing. Uh, it definitely was different, but I feel like get something that's um, becoming more frequent now, so it's probably a similar experience that I feel like a lot of people have these days. I don't know. I feel like it perspective is everything and i feel like i was given a lot of perspective
0: yeah dive into that perspective i know you kind of mentioned that you know you enjoyed your upbringing it was different you know what was different about it and uh, what were some of the um, perspectives that you learned
2: i feel like something that was probably different in my experience was um when it comes to like experiencing black culture that was something that happened later on in, in my life so i kind of had already developed like some of my own personalities and like characteristics about myself before I had started to truly like encounter like what black culture is today so I feel like that definitely probably affects how I come across as a person now
0: so yeah at a, at a young age kids are very curious so when did you know that you that you were adopted by white parents so like did they have that conversation how did that conversation go what was that like
2: yeah. So it was never, I feel like a common like trope is that like, it's like hidden from you. And it's like this, oh, surprise someone like your siblings magically. You, so like you're adopted. It was it's nothing like that. I don't remember a time not knowing. It was like never a secret. It was something that was always known to me.
1: So when you said siblings, like joking that you're adopted, uh, do you have any?
2: Yeah. So I have an adopted uh, sister. Yeah.
1: Were you both adopted around the same time or how did that go?
2: Yeah, so my sister is actually 15 months older than me, and she was adopted first by my parents, and then that got them to be candidates uh, through the adoption agency uh, to adopt me.
1: And then what's her ethnicity as well?
2: Yeah, uh, so she is um, Latina mixed with white. So how was it
1: like growing up with each other, like knowing each other, were like both of you were all adopted?
2: Yeah, it, it was something that was like pretty normalized. It wasn't like it, it wasn't something that was like brought up all the time, but it was something that like everyone knew. It was like n- you would no one would like shy away from the fact that we were adopted. It just became a part of life.
0: Yeah, right, right. I know you said earlier in your statements uh, that you kind of developed your own characteristics um, before you kind of encountered Black culture. Uh, when was kind of the moment that you encountered Black culture? Uh, what was that like? Uh, and then how how would you say that? Your characteristics kind of blossom within that after you know uh, black culture?
2: I would say probably in between, like around eighth grade and like going to high school. Um so my parents, when I was younger, they all they listened to was like country music. So that's what <laughs> that's all I listened to. Right. So like in middle school, that's that's the only stuff that I was like playing in like my radio. So when I went to high school and started like talking to like, other kids and stuff, I mean that's what like 2015 and stuff. Like Lil Uzi Vert just started like dropping stuff, and I started hearing that stuff for the first time. And then I was like,
0: What was your first Lil Uzi song that you listened to? Oh, uh, er- one that stands out. Uh, Erase your social that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember
2: playing that all the time on the way to school. So
1: going to like predominantly white middle schools and high school, um, how was that like transition coming to Mizzou, which is also predominantly white?
2: It's, it's been a great opportunity for me here to be meeting people that are a lot more diverse, because a lot of my friends now are a lot more diverse than the friends that I had in high school. And I'm very thankful for that. So i still that's probably the big difference.
0: Yeah, what are some like, are you involved in some on-campus activities, you know, how did you form that diver, diverse group of friends? So when,
2: when we were all on, it was pretty much like COVID lockdown when everyone was in their dorms, and there was not really much you could do. I remember uh, I was always go to like Virginia Avenue to skate because I had just gotten my first skateboard and that's where I, I met a lot of people up there uh, that were also just trying to get outside and like do something during the lockdown, so.
0: Yeah, I know our, our co-host Braden likes to skate. Did you meet Braden skating in Virginia? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. That's the first time I met Braden. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, honestly thinking back to that day, it's like uh that was a year ago, man. It's been that long. So I mean, necessarily have you met more people like skating this year and everything, along with uh last year. I know you said you skated more last year.
2: I meet people every week skating. Um it's a, a pretty cool culture around it. Um that you can kinda you kinda have this understanding with someone that uh is skating. So anytime I go to the park and there's someone new, it's always a new like a possibility for like a new friend. So I meet people every day.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So being a sophomore here, you had one year stripped away with COVID. So that was unfortunate, but things seem to be coming back to normal right now. Uh, What do you hope to uh, accomplish in your last two and a half years here at Mizzou?
2: So I definitely like to finish with uh, my biomed degree. I definitely want to, um, I'm working now with with some people about bringing a bit more of like a music scene, having uh, to do with like supporting local music and bands and stuff. So we got some things in the works for that.
0: What are some things and what organized is it an organization, just friends? What is that?
2: Yeah, so we're mainly uh, trying to plan events. Uh, We still got to like talk to the city and stuff, but we're going to try to plan events so people can kind of experience a a bit more of Columbia's music culture.
1: So I know you're doing music and like producing and everything. How do you see yourself like in a career with that? Uh,
2: Possibly. Yeah. I mean, nobody knows like what the future holds. Uh, It's definitely a strong passion of mine. Um, I've considered, uh, getting, like, a minor in some type of, um, uh, like, a music degree or something, but, uh, yeah.
1: And so, how did you get into, uh, producing and, like, making music?
2: Gosh, it was probably four years ago. I, I bought, like, one of those, like, Ableton beat pads, uh, and it comes with, like, a free version of, like, Ableton. So, ever since then, I've just been messing around with it until I could get proficient enough to actually make stuff that sounded good.
0: Yeah, for our audience that doesn't know what Ableton is, could you break down what Ableton is? and what Yeah, you do with so
2: it? Ableton is a DAW or like a, a digital audio um, like workstation. I don't know if that was the right thing, but uh, it, it's a program on your computer that allows you to record uh, different instruments and, and play them. And it's sort of like building a song from the
0: ground up. Yeah, so you're more like a producer role. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you have like any like musical or artist inspiration or what kind of drew you into music or do do you have anyone you kind of like model your game and music out there
2: yeah so when it comes to like like strictly to like producing um and like the different like techniques and stuff i use definitely strong influence from people like dominic fike uh, and gene dawson Uh, a lot of techniques when it comes to like merging the genres of like hip-hop and like alternative rock
1: so um What's your favorite song by Dominic Fike? And I know like you have a strong hatred to uh, Machine Gun Kelly.
2: Yeah. So my my favorite. I'll start with my favorite song from Dominic Fike. Uh, is definitely Politics and Violence. It's really well really well done. I think everyone should give it a listen, at least once. Yeah. As for uh, MGK, uh, what was it Rock Album of the Year?
0: Ooh, <laughs>
2: I don't know if I can agree with that. I got you.
0: Being an engineer major, especially biomedical, how do you balance? having an engineering schedule um, while having a social life and also, you know, some of the passions that you have with with music?
2: So it's definitely school first. I feel like as long as I prioritize, like, getting my work done and having it be done, like, acceptable, free time, I I mean, I can't take it for granted. I just always got to stay focused to make sure I'm getting uh, my goals done.
1: So with necessarily staying focused and, like, looking to the future, have you, like, regarding your history-wise, have you ever, like, contacted or do you know your biological parents
2: uh yeah so i do know uh my birth mother and I, i've met her before honestly i mean it was a good experience i would say it was definitely a good experience it's sort of just like like a distant relative yeah
1: and then along with that did you move around a lot like due to the adoption or just in general
2: no so i was adopted um the, the process was started right at birth uh, so my parents had already been selected uh, by the adoption agency and my birth mother at the time who To be my parents so as soon as i was born the process had started so yeah as soon as uh, it was like official i moved to jeff city with my parents yeah if you
0: feel comfortable talking about that experience when you met her um just a little background information about biological mother uh you know where is she from and um what was that experience like when you did get to meet her
2: i was i think i was pretty young i was probably about eight eight years old we actually me and my parents and my sister we all went to oklahoma because that's uh where she lives and it was just it was like Me and the old brother, we went to like, uh, there's like a science museum we went to uh, when I had dinner and um, I actually have two uh, half sisters. Only one of them was born at the time when I was eight, uh, but now I have two. Um, Yeah, I mean, we send them like Christmas card every year, kind of seeing how things are going.
0: Are you in contact? Do you still kind of uh, maintain contact with your half sisters or your sisters really? And then your mother?
2: Yeah, so my half sisters are still pretty young now. I loosely have contact uh, with my birth mother. We, like I said, we send Christmas cards and like um, on birthdays, like we text like happy birthday and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so what would you say your dream job is? My dream job?
2: uh, That's a hard question. I probably have to say so my degree was with biomedical. I want to go uh, into instrumentation. So my dream job would probably be developing like high tech prosthetics. On the other hand, I feel like it'd be pretty cool to be like a full-time musician. Yeah, simplify, so. <laughs> simplify the
0: first thing because you know we are talking to some people; they may not understand all that medical terminology.
2: Yeah, so uh, instrumentation is like developing uh, like machines and, and tech that are like hospitals and doctors would use in like the medical field. So specifically, like prosthetics, like developing the actual
0: prosthetics. Yeah, and then you said you would want to do a full-time musician. Who are some Who are some artists that you would want to work with and produce for, and kind of be in a studio with? If you had, if you had a matter of fact, forget that. If you had to put two artists together and make a album with, who would the two artists be? Two artists together, man.
2: I would say I, would, I definitely want to work with Nick Radigan from Surf Curse and Current Joys. I think mean, he's on some on new stuff that's pretty crazy. And man, my boy Dominic fight. So
1: with your dream of becoming a full-time musician and everything, um, I know you have a band currently at the moment. Mind, in, mind going into detail about that?
2: Yeah, so we started our band, Paint Room, I gosh, it was probably a few months ago, three, four months ago. Yeah, we've been practicing a, a bunch. We put on our first uh, house concert and that went well. Um, and now we're starting to plan out uh, releasing some music soon, so.
1: How did you all like form uh, the Paint Room?
2: I met um, our singer, Kenny, on the top of Virginia, skating. And then uh, I met uh, our bassist, Jack, through Brayden. Uh, And then he knows our other guitarist, uh, Matthew, and I also met our drummer, Skating. So we kind of met like one by one and it sort of like uh, got bigger until we had enough people to actually start uh, getting to work. But yeah, I love him.
1: So kind of just meeting everybody one by one, it all came full circle with the skating, the music, and just like overall just talking to people and the top of Virginia.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I, I come to school with like the idea of that I wanted to start a band. So as soon as I saw someone who I knew that I could work with, I kept them around.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when you when you make it, you owe Mizzou a cut, cause Top of Virginia <laughs> added like three out of your four band members. So I think you owe Mizzou some props, man, because you met a lot of people through the Top of Virginia.
2: I don't know. They gotta let us play somewhere first. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um. So with the band, what is your role with the band? Um are you kinda like the leader of it or you guys kinda work together as a collaborative team or how does that how does that look?
2: Um, I wouldn't say we have like a designated leader. I, I do a lot of planning. I I plan most of the our last uh house concert and when it comes to like getting our demos and stuff in order, um I, I do like most of like the producing on st- that stuff and a lot of the songwriting. So.
0: Yeah, you seem like you're the head honcho, but uh to paint to paint like a little scene in here for our, our audience, uh he came here like the Breakfast Club and he got uh, his right hand man in here, when I asked who's the leader, his right hand man shook his head. It was like, it made it seem like that you were the leader. So I, I think he's saying it's you. He's <laughs> shaking his head, yes. We want to thank you, Nate, for uh, coming out um, and talking to us for our first ever episode, episode one. Anything else you'd like to add? No, oh, man, I'm
2: honored. Thanks for having me.
1: Nate, I definitely do appreciate this, though. So thank you for coming out. Good talking with you.
0: Man, that was a really, really, really good interview. Our first ever episode, B9. That's a new nickname, B9. <laughs> but interview was great. Uh Nate was phenomenal. I think I was a little bit more nervous than uh Nate was, Brady.
1: Honestly, look, that was that was the most nervous I've ever seen, Nate. Like he was holding his hands, he was twisting them a little bit, but honestly, he was speaking great. And uh it was really good hearing more about Nate from that perspective. Cause most of the stuff I'm just not getting to know this year.
0: Yeah, what was your what was your favorite part of the interview? I definitely say when he started talking about
1: uh, Dominic Fike and Machine Gun Kelly and more of his music insights and his inspirations because that dude hates Machine Gun Kelly with a passion. Uh, mainly because he was like Rock Album of the Year with Machine Gun Kelly and then compared to Dominic Fike, his music's better.
0: I, I don't even know who Dominic Fike is. I know <laughs> MJ, I know who MG, that's MJ, MGK is. Uh, so if I had to pick between the two, I'm going with MGK. So forget what you talking about, Braden. Uh, forget what Nate's talking about. I seen MGK when Young Thug came to St. Charles. Uh, so I'm going with MGK. Uh, but I think my favorite part of the interview, man, it was a lot of pieces. I would just say um, his upbringing, how transparent he was. I know we touched on like his upbringing, you know how it was with him. You know, growing up in different communities. I like the part we talked about, you know, visiting his mother. Um, You could tell that that was maybe a tough subject for him to talk about, but he's very open. So, I just think overall, just his transparency, the way he articulated himself, um, that was really cool, man.
1: So, with that, I'd like to thank our executive producers, everybody for listening.
0: No, who are executive producers? Because you know Fallon gonna be, you know Fallon wanna hear her
1: name. <clears throat> I would like to thank our executive producers, Fallon Smith, and who else? And Janae Taylor. I don't know how
0: Janae Taylor in the room, but we got her.
1: <laughs> and I'd like to honestly thank everybody else for listening and tuning in. And I'll see y'all next episode.
0: And stop, stop, Brady. We got to shout out the flagship podcast. On the case, uh, stay updated. Also on our platforms, we're active on Twitter, Instagram, Instagram Stories, Instagram Live, <laughs> podcast, writing. Uh, So just stay up to date with Case. Uh, We have a beautiful facility also in the Center for Academic Success and Excellence. We have uh, great faculty members that are uh, welcoming for all students on campus. And also, we want to thank Janae Taylor again for helping us on Episode 1.
1: Thank you, Janae.